Hello, I'm Joel, and welcome to the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. Do you want to know what it's like to be a record dealer and run an online record shop? Well, you're in luck. I'm going to give you a blow-by-blow account of my life as a trafficker of these beautiful spinning discs. But I won't be alone, as I'll be sharing with you the WhatsApp voice notes between myself and one other vinyl vendor. So like some of your favourite records, expect a little surface noise. I'm really happy that I've got Ian Aitchison of Longwell Records joining me for this first episode. But that's enough from me from now. I'm going to hand you over to Joel from there a month ago. Take it away, Joel. Ian, welcome. Ah, oh, you are the first person to join me here on the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. We are halfway through the month-long Monday that is uh, January. Tell me. And tell us, who are you? What do you do? Tell us about your shop. Here we go. Day one. I don't know, is it, should we say day one? I don't know, just do as it is. My name's Ian Aitchison. I run Longwell Records out here in Kingsham. Now, Kingsham is a small town in between Bristol and Bath. And uh, we've been here almost seven years. Uh, I did a 30-year career in social services, first 13 years uh, working people learning disabilities and then following sort of 15 years whatever that maths don't add up but yeah um, I was a criminal justice drug worker in the NHS after training as a therapist anyway got burnt out long story short and I ended up opening a shop <laughs> so there's customers in the shop while I'm doing this they're laughing and uh, basically after getting burnt out I started selling records online a bit like what John's doing really but he does it properly I was doing it like you know, not very well. Anyway, long story short, I started selling to this guy who turned out to be a really helpful person. He was a Euro Millions winner, and uh, I sort of got to know him through selling him records and whatnot. And um, after about six months, he says, I've got something to tell you. Well, here we go. Your Rod Stewart record that you sent me is crap. And uh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I'm a Euro Millions winner, and, um, you know, I want to support you open up a shop and all that and then you know we ended up opening a shop out here in Canesham as a physical shop because I started online for the first sort of few months November 2015 and um, it's unbelievable because I was totally winging it because I'd never opened a shop or you know stuff like that and um, he gave me the first six months rent free which is amazing isn't it and um, <laughs> and that's where Longwell Records come from came from and uh That was almost seven years ago now. Well, it was seven years ago, yeah, yeah. Ian, what a story. I had no idea that your shop was created by the means of a Euros Millions winner. Um, I bet he's a good customer. (laughs) Feel free to send him my way. (laughs) But I love that. I love the story about how you do how you come to do what you do. And there's some similarities with me, um, with mental health. I'm a psychotherapist, as I'm sure you're aware. And I love the fact that you also worked with mental health. I think that's fantastic. And I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, music was my way of coping with a lot of really difficult feelings. And I just love that I still work with music. I mean, my, my path was different. I worked in the music industry. For 20 years I worked at various record labels and I, I managed bands 
And uh, for me, it just then naturally led to wanting to work in mental health and buy and sell records. I love that. Thank you. Let us know how you get on with any collections that come in. Keep in touch. Hey, Ian, I've got a question for you. How often do you buy collections blind? Because I bought a collection this week. And I must admit, not for a small amount of money. And I only saw photos and a video. And, uh, yeah, I bought it blind. It's being delivered tomorrow morning. And uh, I'm a little nervous, but if they come off in the condition they look like, it'll be a good collection to buy. I'm excited, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only dealer that does that. Let me know. Morning, Joel. Yeah, I suppose in response to your question, I've bought loads of stuff blind, sort of. As in, sometimes someone will bring in a collection in the shop and maybe the first five or six are minters, nice stuff, and you think, oh, brilliant. I don't have to look for the rest of the 200. <laughs> so that's almost like buying it blind. Anyway, get through the rest of them later when you've paid up and the person's gone. And what a bag of shite. <laughs> Not always, do you know what I mean? But I've also got to be very careful, like buying stuff online and thinking, yeah, just buy that. Someone's got this collection. Because I've got a history of addiction and, and gambling that can creep into a little bit, you know, because it's a little bit like taking a punt, isn't it? Weird, isn't it? How the conversation turns around to how we are as humans and how, you know, in our souls, how we got to watch ourselves around sort of buying and stuff like that because music is an addiction and buying stuff is an addiction as well for me. But um, I hope you've got, oh, I hope that collection was nice for you, son. <laughs> Have a good one, mate. You know, Ian, I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, I've made links to the fact that, you know, what we're dealing is not plastic, it's not cardboard, it's not some commodity. You know, these these records, they're often created through people's own trauma and grief and difficulty and it's probably what drew us to connect with music and end up selling music and and, and of course some of those old difficulties are going to continue to play out play throughout it's not like we can just turn our minds off and, and it's stocks and shares no no we're, we're, we're dealing with these uh, these these vessels of trauma so I, I'm not in any way surprised um, but it's interesting how it does play out so you're, you're exactly right and I'm grateful for the fact that you've made me really reflect on how buying a collection blind or buying a collection without much information is a gamble and how that appeals to me how it affects you I'm buzzing because the collection was absolutely fantastic but I've been there when it's been soul crushing and I've spent many hundreds if not thousands of pounds in a collection where I will lose money a lot of money and I wondered what I was chasing I was wondering what it was that drove me to do such a deal so I think I think you make a really good point and one that I has made me reflect. But as I said, you know, this time I got lucky. It was a great collection full of classic rock and metal. I had some records that I had been after myself and you'll know that's a nice thing. So yeah, I um I appreciate the thought. 
Um, I'm going to check in later because I'm up for some business later and I'll let you know how I'll get on. Hi Ian. Oh, it's quite noisy where I am, but I am in Barbican. I'm going to see a collection. Uh, it's more towards the old street part of the uh, Barbican area. I saw some photos last night. Someone WhatsApped to me some photos of some reggae records. Some great reggae collections in London. And this looks like it's one. It's not a big one. It looks like about 100 records. So I'm quite excited. I'm going to go check it out, make an offer. Hopefully get them. And then I'm going to pick up a collection I've already bought and get them back home. How often do you go see collections compared to collections coming to you? I'm intrigued. Oh, it is nice when you buy a nice collection of reggae records. It's very nice. Very nice person as well. One of the perks of this job is just meeting just such nice people in and around you know, the town I grew up in. I grew up in London and doing this job, I'm seeing places I'd never seen before and meeting the nicest people with the nicest records. What joy. Right, on to the next. Yeah, strange. This died off. On a question of, you know, how often do I go out and see a collection? Lots more people contact me now and bring them in for the door. And I sort of prefer that in some aspects because my back ain't getting any better, mate. Seriously. But, you're right, there's nothing better than going to the place you were brought up or the place you lived and sort of, you know, looking at someone's collection. Even if you don't buy it, you've had that experience with them, you've talked about the music, you've talked about the records. And, you know, like you said earlier on, the sadness that can happen as well, mind. You know, so it's all, it's all a mishmash, isn't it, emotionally. And then you get to the money, po the money point, which can be, you know, You've got to be quite clear with people and, and sort of try and make people understand, actually, that once you've, you know, perked everything up, give it a nice sleeve, a clean-up and a test play, and you're 20% on profits at the end, that, you know, that's the reality of it. And obviously, we're running a shop as well. And you've still got your overheads online as well, as you well know. But it's, um, it's funny, isn't it? Like, reggae collections, few and far between around here, out in Kingsham, mine. But when they do come in, it's lush. Have a nice one, mate. I'm just in between seeing collections and I've uh, grabbed myself a coffee whilst I wait for my lift. And just listening to your last message and keeping in mind all that we've talked about, about record collections and going to see them and people coming in, I want to know what was that collection that you keep in mind, the one that you think of when you're on your way to see a collection, the one that makes you think that is this going to be the one that is as good as or better i want to hear about that that special one um yeah take your time on this one because i'm gonna be really interested in here yeah that ultimate collection the one i always think about and i tell you what it's one that broke my heart because i never got it basically it was someone who came in the shop once and Kevin was on my mate, bless him. He's not really into jazz. And the bloke said, got a massive collection of jazz and some other bits and bobs. And Kev won't really into it. You won't mind you saying this, because it's true. Anyway, I ended up getting to see it in the end. 
and it was the most beautiful collection I'd ever seen in my life. Loads of jazz rarities, original Bill Evans, loads of Miles Davis, loads of ab avant-garde stuff. And on top of that, loads of Gentle Giant and Beatles and just a beautiful grown-up collection. One that you see in a blue moon for me anyway. Put in an offer, £5,000. I was not too embarrassed to say, which was uh, going to take me out, you know, I was going to keep me skimmed for a while, but these records, they were beautiful. A lot of them were going to come in my own collection as well. And um, they, they said, right, OK, we'll let you know on Saturday. So I took the day off thinking that they'd agree, because it was all like guns blazing. It was, they were, couldn't believe it was worth that much money. They thought it was worth about 500 quid. Anyway, long story short, took the day off, walking a dog at the White Ladies Road, which is up in Clifton already near the area where I saw the records. Got a text, really sorry, Ian. But a guy came down from London. Oh, it wasn't you, Joel. A guy came down from London, as Gazumptu. He's offered a thousand pound more and we sold it to him. Oh, I was devastated. All my fantasies about it being in the shop and all the people and the beautiful records, all this amazing collection. It just went before my very eyes. And um, I couldn't sleep for two weeks. Seriously, it was heartbreaking. I almost cried, actually. And it was nothing to do with the money. It was absolutely... Obviously, I've got to make a profit in a record shop, but the, 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 the thing was, it was it was shown to me. The golden casket was opened, and I'd, been, and I'd seen all the jewels and what have you inside. And I just thought of all these amazing things that were going to please my customers and myself, and it didn't happen. But then, fast forward to today, very quickly, I had two collections, and what I spoke about the other day, about, about buying stuff blind, bought this blind collection, turned up, opened it up, covered in mould. Oh, not the end of the world now, I've reflected on it, and I had a bit of back and forth with the person, they weren't interested, and I've got to accept it, that's how it is. That's how it is, but if someone buys a record from my shop and it's got mould in it, they bring it back and get the money back, but it didn't work out. And then the second collection came in, absolutely stunning, beautiful, lovely people to deal with, and that's what I mean, it came from a deceased estate, and it was a beautiful, he says, the guy who sold it to me was so pleased that he sold it to a shop like ours. And it's going to go to a good home now. Anyway, hope you all have a good day. Check you later, mate. Hiya, buddy. Um, I'm on my way back from uh, another collection. It's been a very, very busy start to the new year. But um, I was just uh, replaying back your message and it was making me laugh because um, I, I have to, to assure you that that wasn't me who come and gazumps you, I, I, you know. Oh, look, I'd say I'd never do it. That's a lie, actually. I probably would have done it. But but it wasn't me, this one. But that does sound like a nice collection. And I, I also know that feeling, the heartbreak, when you see a great collection and you don't get it. I've, I've been there a few times myself. And one especially come to mind. And it's funny, because I've just come picked up a collection in Neasden in northwest London and went near Wembley. And I saw a collection in Wembley... Wow, it was about 18 months ago. And it was... I'd say between 10 and 15,000 records, which is an enormous amount of records. And it was one of the pleasant, most pleasant experiences I've ever had because a third of the collection was Bollywood, LPs and seven inches. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced since running a secondhand record shop, I've discovered musical genres I didn't know existed, let alone artists. And I thought I knew a lot about music, but I've got, I know fuck all. Because I'm, I'm discovering entire new musical genres and it's been such a pleasure. And when I see a record collection that I don't know, 
And as long as I'm just left alone to go through the records in which this case I was, I have so much fun because I'm on Discogs, I'm on Spotify, I'm on YouTube. So I'm finding the record, I've got no idea what this is. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, this is great. So I spent a good like sort of five hours going through this record collection. Um, and I was finding some of the most incredible stuff. And there was a lot of sort of Bollywood disco stuff, which I was like, I can't believe this exists. I can't believe how much it goes for. But there was also box sets and box sets. From my understanding, the person who acquired the, uh, whose collection it was, who passed away, was uh, a hoarder, which I, I, I imagine that you've seen the odd hoarders collection as well. But what's so lovely is that the mother would sporadically come bringing tea and biscuits. So I was well fed and well watered whilst I was going through this collection. And then when I thought I was done, I was then shown into another room of which was just full of sealed records for this person would often go into FOP and just buy records and just never open them. And I was so out of my depth and I thought it was so sweet that somehow they found me <laughs> and got me to come value up this collection. And I made an offer, which was several, several, several thousand pounds. And the shop that I did eventually got it kind of <laughs> doubled, more than doubled my offer. And sometimes, like I said, I was just so out of my depth. But it was such a, a huge learning experience. And I saw records that I'd never seen before and likely would never see again. And I just thought, when am I ever, when would I have ever had this if I wasn't running the record shop? So I felt really grateful for doing what I do. But that comes to my mind when I was listening to your message. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I'll be in touch. As I said, I just picked up a nice collection. Some nice folk and some nice psych. That's always a nice thing. Talk soon. Weird little thing happened today in the shop. Well, quite amusing. Customer came in. Although we want a customer, just didn't buy anything. He uh, he asked if we bought old records. You buy old records? Yeah, well, it depends what condition and all that, etc. Use all sort of spiel, both ways. He said, um, "Well, I got War of the Worlds Jeff Wang with a booklet." I said, "Oh yeah, it's a nice one. I went and saw it this year, last year, the U two, very nice." He says, is that worth anything? I said, not really. I said, about eight to ten quid, possibly, if it's really good. <laughs> Looked disappointed. He says, what about the diamond dogs with the bollocks? Yeah, that silence was real as well from earlier on. I says, what, you got diamond dogs with the bollocks? Well, no, I did have, but I sold it about 25 years ago. I said, oh, God. I said, well, why are you coming in here telling me this sort of story. I said, it's no good to me, is it? Joking, obviously, because I'm very nice as a shopkeeper. And um, he says, no, I actually sold it to me, mate, for £1.50. Oof. He said, how much is that worth now? I said, I couldn't tell you. I said, probably, I don't know, four or five grand, possibly, that I've gone for. He says, yeah, he apparently sold it three years ago for 500 quid. Anyway, the moral of the story is, it's not all about money, is it? And I would have liked to have seen those pair of dog bollocks in like real, real time, not just a story. Anyway. Hi Ian. Only got a week left uh, of us sharing our WhatsApp messages and the first episode of the podcast is complete. So I thought I'd, I'd check in, see what's new. I don't have a shop, you know that. But no, I sell online. And uh, Thursday nights are my busy one. Thursday nights I share new stock, 
on my WhatsApp groups. It's called the Flick Through Thursday. But you'll know this. I mean, you follow me on Twitter. But yeah, it's 6.30. I'll likely get to bed about 2 a.m. Got a big coffee on the go. But it's a lot of fun. It's very busy. <laughs> but I love it when I pick up a collection and I'll price up a bunch of records and then I'll go in boxes and then eventually I'll put them in the flick through and I'll go, ah, oh, I recognise that record. That was from that collection or, you know, oh, I remember that was from, you know, this person. And it's nice to know that I've uh, played that part in that record's journey. Well, you know, those are the records I don't keep. So that's my plan for tonight. But yeah, I thought I'd just touch base. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, it's nice to uh, be hearing some of the uh, final adventures you've been getting up to. But uh, yeah, keep in touch. Let's see, uh, let's see if we can get a few more stories from us before we finish this. You take your care. Just had a an amazing reggae collection in, another one in fact, just, I was just singing the other day, I thought oh, I had a decent reggae collection for Yonks, and then I had a small one, needed a lot of TLC, loads of nice stuff, Don Carlos, and Bunny Stryker Lee stuff, loads of Roots dub, and uh, it was just gorgeous reggae, but like, needed a nice bit, like, TLC, so I sent it off to my mate who's got he's got a bit of OCD around the cleaning records and all that, which is good. Fancy having OCD around cleaning records? That's brilliant. Me, I'm very... Oh, I love playing records and I don't mind background noise and mu and sort of pops. It's part of life, isn't it, really? Do you know what I mean? But he he got to have it clean. It's, it's got to be like... And that's better for me. And then I saw him out, he helps me out, and I saw him out with a few tunes, and it's nice, it's a nice little way of doing it, do you know what I mean? I have actually got a project cleaning machine, and, um, but I find it too noisy, I know this sounds weird for people listening, if they are listening, but I suffer from tinnitus, and I'm fine with going to gigs and all that, I can wear earplugs and all that, but the noise of this record cleaner it's literally like you're on an aircraft car and they're taking off. Seriously, it's loud. But the outcome's good. As long as you can put up with the... I have been wearing my earplugs whilst I've been doing it. So then that, that collection came in. And then I had another one, another reggae collection. And this was from quite a decent reggae DJ who's active now in the Bristol area. And he wanted me to have them. And it was amazing, like, do you know what I mean? Because he... he um. He could have gone to loads of different people, and, and he came for a fair price as well. And they they leave a little bit. They got a bit of DJ juice over them. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of bit of mould, bit of booze on them. I but, but they're cleaning up nice, really, really nice. Those are Horace Handy and lots more Don Carlos again, and Dennis Brown, Gregory Isaacs, you know, Twinkle Brothers, all that sort of stuff. Jazz Shaka, Joe Gibbs stuff, and like 120 LPs and about 70, 12s. And I just think, God, these have been some parties. These have been played out at some lovely places. Do you know what I mean? Where people are having fun. And places where people haven't been having fun as well, Mike. Because as you know, some music brings bad times to people, doesn't it? Bad memories and whatnot. But, you know, you talked about your flip, Thursday night flick through. 
that sounds brilliant, man. And I know people, I've got friends and customers, we share customers and they love it. And it seems like a really good thing. And, and you seem like a great bloke, mate. And not blowing too much smoke, but it's, it's nice to buy a record from someone, I think, who's got a nice personality. Not everyone has to have a personality where, where you think, oh, yeah, I buy often because I like the person. But it is nice, though, isn't it? I tell you what, I like to see a lot more female shop owners or selling. And I don't know why. I've tried to encourage people um, working in my shop, females, and they're like Pintside Punk's mum, and I had another friend called Ruth, she worked there. And in fact, someone's about to do a bit of work experience, female. So, because it's quite a, it is male dominated, it seems, but not on the buying side. Not for me, anyway. But yeah, I'm a bit low today. Just had a massive bill on the car, and like, oh, nothing to do around the shop, but it's just like, you get that bill and you think, oh, that's all the profit gone from that collection. But you just gotta suck it up, accept it, and think, well, everyone else gotta go through it. Doesn't make you any better because you run a record shop, or any worse, in fact, but anyway, I think I'll, I'll end on that negative note. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Isn't it funny? Because I was just thinking about how incredibly pal, mal and stow uh, my podcast could potentially be. So I have been looking into uh, working and including people in the podcast that aren't like us. Um, how funny that you brought that up. Um, I am so sorry to hear that you're low. Um, yeah, it's January, isn't it? It's uh, self-assessment and tax and all that. And yeah, it could always be a bit of a, a hangover. But uh, yeah, we have nice collections to keep us busy. I'm I'm positive you put in an earlier message that reggae collections very rarely come in, and then you've had two. Hey, I don't want to say this podcast is uh, bringing you good luck, but I'm I'm going to say it. This is the podcast, the podcast effect. Could this be the first, the first instance of the positive podcast effect, the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast, bringing those who participate good fortune. You are very welcome, Ian. You are very welcome. And look, I hope it continues. Uh, my night is about to begin. It's very nice to hear that people talk about my flick through and it bringing joy. It brings me a lot of joy. I'll keep you in the loop on how I get on with these collections. I'm seeing three this Saturday and a big one in Liverpool next week. You take good care. Keep in touch. Ian, uh, it's Joel. I'm on my way to uh, West London, uh, Shepherd's Bush to be precise. Oh, it's, uh, see, the first of uh, three collections today. And it occurred to me that this is likely the last time we're going to speak on the podcast whilst I'm seeing record collections. So I thought I'd give you a uh, yeah, blow-by-blow account of my journey. I know very little about this collection. I saw two photos. A lot of classical, which we don't usually do, I know. But, you know, if it's a nice early 50s collection, well... They're not easy to find. And I saw another pile where I had some Genesis and some specials and you're thinking, hey, I've got to, got to take a closer look. So here I am. Um, and then off to see two more. I'll let you know how I'll get on. Hope you're doing good. It's funny, isn't it, Ian? You know, when you get a call from someone saying we've got loads of classical records um, and I've just got two pictures and you just get that feeling, the little spidey sense and I go and see, and they're not classical, well, there was some classical, but it's mostly library music. K 
KPM, uh, Bruton, KW. Oh my goodness me. It was really just a beautiful collection of live records. Um, yeah, done a deal, which I was very happy with and they were very happy with, and now it's uh, onto collection number two. Ah, oh, eh? Not a bad start to the day. Well, that's collection number two acquired, completely different from the first. This was all relatively modern, and when I say modern, I'm literally talking within the last 20 years. Uh, punk metal, hardcore, so Enna Shikari, Bring the Horizon, Biffy Clyro, Frank Carton and Rattlesnakes. What a joy. I don't often get these records in, so really lovely uh, to get them in. And um, I look forward to sending those in my flick through. But uh, yeah, really happy with the second collection. On to the third by the post office. Alas, couldn't do a deal on the third one. Very nice chap. So he uh, doesn't live too far away, actually. And he's got a bunch of stuff with stuff on Discogs. And I don't think he quite knew what he wanted to do. I think he wanted somebody to kind of come in and give him advice, which I was happy to do, obviously. But he had some great stuff. <laughs> he had some really nice stuff. All the Oasis, original seven inches, a load of nice stone roses, 12 inches. And this nice verve 12 inch box set. Some Nirvana picture discs. And, and then a lot of very average 80s sevens, a lot. Not many albums, but he definitely had some nice bits and pieces. And I said, well look, we've got a couple of albums here. You're gonna, you know, you've got, you've got some stuff from Discogs. So you tell me what you would like for me to take everything, or I'll choose 50. We'll look how much, look, how, look up on Discogs how much they're worth, and I'll give you a percentage of that. Goes, well, I kind of want what they're worth. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying them for me. <laughs> I'm buying them to sell, and I'm going to take, you know, between 50 and 100. What percentage of the medium value would you like? Well, some of them are better than the medium value. I said, we, but yes, but if we go through the process of actually determining their actual price, then you're better off just listening to yourself, because then you'll make 100 percent. And not that I'm criticising him. I think he just wanted to have an idea of how to proceed and I gave him some ideas, a bit of advice and said if you do want to sell the lot just phone me up and give me a price or if you just do want to sell partial and happy with a certain percentage let me know what the percentage is and we'll go from there but I'm now walking home back to my previous collections uh, and then starting sorting but anyway there's my three collections in a day the wonders of running a record shop with a difference. <laughs> Take good care, mate. That's me. Just closed after quite a busy Saturday, actually. Nice, had some lovely people on, had a bit of uh, fun. I do like doing some fun videos with people. When I say fun, I don't have as much fun for them. But it's good, it's just, don't take ourselves too seriously. So what I do, obviously Kingsham is a, uh, it's a market town, as you know, on the outskirts of Bristol, in between Bristol and Bath. So I take freedom, my beautiful little Jack Russell, go into Bristol, got to pick up one of my kids as well, and go for a nice walk around the docks. And as I'm walking around the docks, I always get nostalgic, because I, I know this is straying off a little bit, but I think about all the music from Bristol that I've heard and all the nights I've been to and all the amazing things that have come out of Bristol art and music as well. Obviously Banksy, just walking past and cuddles some couple kissing, which was uh, very romantic, although it's not Valentine's yet. S someone's swearing at me on a bridge. 
And uh, here we are back in Bristol, isn't it? That's where it's at. Or is it? It probably is to get loads of collections. But the collectible stuff, the collection sort of stuff, I mean, that is quite a... It's a weird one, isn't it? When people just want to try and sell you the market value, which is obviously ridiculous. But you sort of tell them in a nice sort of way, just like, well, you did give them a bit of advice and all that. And if they're worthy of advice, some people are not. And I'd like to think that sometimes you've got to sort of freeze people out in a weird sort of way because we put a lot of footwork into our thing. I feel I do anyway, and I'm pretty sure you do. I know you do because of, you know, knowing you a bit now. So, and, you know, why should you give it all up, really? Let people find out for themselves, isn't it? If they want the, the top dollar and all that. But you can also be kind within that as well, I understand. But, yeah, nice little walk around the dock. So I Because I like to have a debrief after a day in the shop, especially on a Saturday when it's been really busy. We've been chatting to a lot of people. And uh, it's just nice to walk around Bristol. Look how beautiful Bristol is, especially around the docks. Like I said, like soaking all the musical vibes from bygone days or bygone nights, in fact. And um, oh, yeah, it's nice smelling all the food. Walk past the Arnolfini, very famous cafe bar in Bristol, where uh, they've had a lot of really good events over the years. I can see the Thakla in the distance, the M Shed, giving you a little tour here, haven't I? Nothing to do with Longwall Records, <laughs> but it is because I, I did have a shot down it once. Anyway, I'm boring you enough now. But yeah, nice you have three collections. I had anything brought in the shop today, and to be honest, I didn't want it because I've had so many records brought in the last few weeks. I'm bulging out the seams. I like Santa's sack on Christmas Eve. Anyway, catch you later, mate. Bye. Ian, this is uh, this is me just thanking you. You're the first person to ever join me here on the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. Really enjoyed getting to know you and your shop a lot more. Um, I've really appreciated the time you put into this. Big, big thanks. And I guess all there's now left to do is for me to say, tell me, tell people where they can find you online another chance for you to plug your shop and finally if I were to visit your shop today unfortunately I can't because I'm in Epping Forest I don't know if you can hear the birds tweeting away but if I were to visit your shop what record do you recommend I buy? just the one it doesn't have to be your rarest or most expensive or the most popular but if I were to walk in and say sell me your record what would you sell me? Thanks again, you take good care and I'm sure I'll be seeing you around on our travels. That was a nice little message and I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed doing all these little podcast vignettes. Podcast? Podcast. <laughs> vignettes. Is that the right word? I don't know. I'm trying to talk posh now, aren't I? Um, got a bit of Horace Andy playing in the background, but I'll tell you what, I'll, um, I'll give you the, the record. If you came in my shop today and you have right, come on, come on, hit me with something a little bit, a little bit different, nothing too fancy, but it does the job. And there's this local band, right, called Langhammer, L-A-N-G-K-A-M-E-R. They did this album called West Country, probably about 
just over a year ago and then recorded it in the Louisiana, which is quite a famous sort of Bristol music um, venue, which I haven't been that much over the years, to be honest. Years and years ago I went, but not in the last sort of 10 years. And um, it's just a great little album. It's like a folk rock country, sort of not taking itself seriously sort of album. And um, it's got lot, lots of local um, titled songs, you know, like Sea Meals and and obviously Acrobilk, not obviously, because you don't know the album. Acrobilk was a famous West Country jazz player, wasn't he? And, um, and there's one particular track I like called The Ugliest Man in Bristol. And I'd like to think <laughs> that they wrote that about me. It's a bit silly, really, but it's a brilliant track. But they're a good one, yeah, Langhammer West Country. Look out for that on Breakfast Records, which is a nice little label in Bristol. Going back to my shop, where obviously you can get us in Canesham, 36 Temple Street, at the end of the, the High Street. And um, we've been there over seven years now. No, we're not, just seven years. And um, get us on the old Insta, Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, that's about it. Discogs as well. We are on Discogs. We are. Um, we're not just called uh, Longwell Records. We've actually got a different handle, which is Longwell Records 2015, because that's the year we set up. And um, and then eBay, you know, similar. But it's nice to come in the shop in it. You know what I mean? For us, I do like doing online sales. There's a lot. It's very important for us as well because there's certain records you'll never be able to sell online. And, um, well, on in the shop, but online is the best way for this particular record. But yeah, it's been brilliant, mate. And I'm glad you've got birds chirping in the background. If I uh, went outside, I'm sure I could rustle up a few robins. So don't give it all the epping forest, all right? But uh, big thank you, Trevor, for listening. Catch you soon. And there we have it. Thank you so much for joining me, you, and thank you for joining me, Ian. Before I say anything else, I need to also thank uh, Frank Cinelli. Uh, all the songs you heard, that was Frank. Frank with a C, Cinelli, I sell his albums, so if you love what you heard, get in touch and I'll sell you one of his records. Um, I also need to thank Yuri Kono, who did all the editing for me. Thank you, my love. And, um, and yes, uh, go find Ian online, go find me online. I'm not going to say my shop name again. You've heard it enough times already. I'll be back in a month's time with the second episode, which I'm halfway through recording. It's going to be another good one. You take good care and look, the world might be pausing, but the music is always spinning. <laughs>